is your Utah postgame show here on 97.5, 12 into the zone of the Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Frank Dolce, live at the Point After Bar and Grill. If you're looking for a great place, maybe you're still hungry. It's 11.30 and you still need a bite to eat. We're going to be serving up some piping hot food. Of course, we've got everything on tap you could ever imagine. So come down and see us at the Point After Bar and Grill at the Sports Mall here in Murray. Just search for it. It's the point after bar and grill. This thing goes final, and Utah gets another big win in the Pac-12, making it six in a row. And, Frank, this is the way I'd like to start. If seven years ago when the Utes were entering into the Pac-12, you would have told me, hey, Hans, you watched in in just a few years. Utah is going to go on a six team run and they're going to beat UCLA 49 to 3 and they're going to destroy Arizona 35 to 7 and they're going to put 33 points on Washington and they're going to blank Cal 35 to nothing. They're going to beat Arizona State. They're going to put 52 to 7 on Oregon State and they're going to beat Washington. I'd have looked at you like (laughs) how many years are we looking at? Like 20? Because they need time to ramp up build their program, put some big buildings on campus, get the recruiting going. But here we are, Frank, six-game win streak, and it's not they're not just like small wins. They're, uh-uh. they're dominating these Pac-12 teams. It's been really interesting to watch this Utah football team, especially this year, because it, they are by far the class now of the conference. And... It feels like they just show up to go to work every week, and and there's there's no lack of focus or attention to detail. These are difficult. I mean, these these are difficult games. Not not for the fact that Utah is is more talented than the teams are facing right now. The issue is that you know Utah's got to realize they're more talented than the teams are facing right now. That's a difficult situation to face. Now, I know Utah is playing for a lot. Rose Bowl berth, Pac-12 championship, possibly college football playoff. And so maybe that's enough to keep you focused. But like you said earlier, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, and it's it could be easy to lose focus. But they have stayed on track. We were just saying... There's been some boring football today. Yeah. And and if you're a Utah fan, that's how that's how you want it. You don't need yeah, an exciting up, right? you don't need an exciting game in November. And by the way, Utah's had their troubles in November. But they they took they took care of business again today. And and they put themselves in the I mean they just keep doing everything that's put that they're supposed to do. They keep completing the tasks ahead of them and putting themselves right in a position to, to give themselves all the opportunities to, to get to the highest level of college football. Last week we were watching Zach Moss put the numbers up on UCLA, and, you know, you're holding him in. Even though you got the great lead, you're keeping him in. In the fourth quarter, he's taking a handoff. And I said at that point, I said, this is about setting the high watermark. He, he's already gotten the record for most rushing yards in University of Utah history, and he adds to it today. Frank, I want you to give me a two-part explanation here. Number one, what were you seeing from Zach Moss, that ha- and and what were, and give us some of his numbers, and then what were you seeing from the offensive line and and some of the the play calls that Ludwig was putting out there for Zach Moss. Sometimes you watch running backs and you think, well, that guy's not successful because he doesn't get to the line of scrimmage quicker. He doesn't, he doesn't hit the hole. He's dancing around. He's hesitant behind the line of scrimmage. You could watch Zach Moss run the ball. His style is a little, you could call it hesitant, but he has this funny way of taking the handoff there's a slight delay as he, as he waits for things to develop, and then in, he finds the hole, and he's immediately there. That doesn't happen all the time, but that is a regular occurrence with Zach Moss carrying the ball. He takes the handoff, 
He scans the field up front, takes a little bit of a stutter tap, and then he's gone. That style is its really interesting to watch, and I think it benefits an offensive line because the offensive line now has a little bit of time, just enough time to get things set up front. And so now he's going to take advantage of where he sees the weakness on the defensive side and, and allow his offensive line to, to, get to, to, to get into their guy, maybe even get to the second level before he's going to make his move. It's really interesting to watch the way he runs. And once again, rarely does anybody bring him down on first contact. He breaks a tackle at the line of scrimmage. He carries the pile. Very difficult to bring him down for, for negative yardage. And the numbers the last couple weeks, I mean, he's over 200 yards today. Give me his exact Tw- numbers today. Tw- 26 carries, 203 yards, s- 7.8 yards per carry. On 26 carries? 26 carries. He had a t- one touchdown and the long of 41 yards that was a touchdown run as well and he also caught four passes for 34 yards 8.5 yards and a touchdown or uh four passes for 32 yards eight point eight point uh, average he didn't catch a touchdown but that's 200 now 235 yards of total offense what an incredible for, for zach moss what an incredible game for zach moss against arizona uh, okay so we talked about this going into the pregame we talked about arizona was going to have to stack the box they were going to have to force his because they couldn't do it with personnel mm-hmm. they, they, they knew they were outmatched with personnel so they stacked the box but what i was seeing was a stack box seven to eight mm-hmm. in the in the red zone eight to nine bodies inside the box and the box is just out to the side the shoulders of the offensive tackles and gives a little bit of room for walked out inside linebackers that that kind of crunch in so you watch in the red zone they were putting eight and nine bodies in the box to try to stop moss what happens is when you do that when you stack the box and you you bring you walk safeties up for support one broken tackle mm. or or one stacked linebacker who over-pursues and mm-hmm. can't get back to his lane, and you're breaking off a 40-yard run. Yeah. And you saw that a couple of times tonight. Right out of the gates, we saw cutback. We saw the cutback. It's the design cutback plays where they're bringing Keithy in motion off the backside. They're running all the offensive line in hard zone steps. So they all take a hard right step. They all fly down the line as if they're just a wide right sweep. And you've got defensive linemen that are slanting. So they know Arizona's trying to slant into strength. And then Keithy comes across, blocks out that in-man line of scrimmage, and Moss just flows with the, with the first step and then right back into that cutback lane and was finding yards, and Arizona had to get out of their slant protections. Arizona started playing straight up. And when you're playing straight up as a three technique against Nick Ford and Amana, you just can't do it. Mm-mm. And then they started moving them out and combo blocking, and it's this is a, a menace, a menacing offense to try to defend. Menacing. So I want you to talk about working off the Zach Moss success, what kinds of things – did you see Andy Ludwig putting out on the field to try to work off the Zach Moss run game? Well, you get, you get so much defensive focus on Zach Moss that all of a sudden, and, and when you're stacking people inside like you're talking about, eight, eight guys in the box, seven guys in the yeah. box, well, all of a sudden you have the ability to give the ball to Brant Keithy, who, <laughs> who runs in for a score. What does night look like? Keithy had four catches, leading receiver, four catches, 81 yards, uh, 20.3 yards per catch. That's down from his last week's 26 yards per catch. And in the run game... Was it one TD? Two TDs for Brant Keithy. Two TDs on the night? Two touchdowns on two carries, nine yards, 4.5 yards per carry, two touchdowns. So you get so much focus, I mean... Because one was off the fly sweep, you're right. Yeah, you get so much focus on Zach Moss, you hand the ball off to somebody else, there's no, 
you know, there's no, there's nobody home. There's nobody there to make a play. Yeah. And, and Ke- Ke- Keith, he's tremendously athletic anyway. So, so it, it, Zach, Zach Moss takes so much focus. And, and like you said, Arizona trying to make Utah one-dimensional, trying to do whatever they can to slow down the running game. They had absolutely no success. 203 yards on the ground for, for Zach Moss. And by the way, he's the focal point of the defense. Zach Moss is the focal point of the defense. And he ran for 203 yards. It's, it's unbelievable. He's it's getting, just, yeah, it's unbelievable. And, and congratulations to Jim Harding. Because right. Jim, Jim Harding has really worked with these upfront hogs. And they've started to really take those steps, the defined steps, the combo blocks of crisp. They're angry. They're, it, it's an angry group. You saw at one point, like in the middle or beginning of the third quarter, Arizona's like, you know what? We're going to make this chippy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get pushy. And they started pushing, and you see Darren Paulo walk up and just, boom, blow this guy up right behind the official. And the guy flies, and the official threw a flag and called it on number five defensively, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I, they didn't see Paulo because Paulo was right behind him. You're not going to out-physical him. As, hard as, as much as you want to get physical with them, they'll just go another step further and another step further. It's the way that they're playing – with this intensity that you're talking about and this anger that you're talking about, it seems to me that you have to throw in there this idea of they're supremely confident in what they're doing on the offensive side. Like, there doesn't... They, they don't seem to make a misstep. Yeah, everybody makes a mistake, and there's plenty of mistakes made on every play, but, but Utah's playing with such confidence on the offensive side, like... There's no panic. There's no, there's no fear that something's going to go the wrong way because they know that they're, going, they're in the right spot to make the play. They're, they believe in the play call. They believe in the personnel. And they believe when they execute correctly that they're going to have positive, a positive result. And that's the way that Utah managed this, this game tonight against an outmatched opponent. Which can be difficult. Can be difficult to do that. We saw in the Pac-12 today, listen, we saw in the Pac-12 today teams that should have won games at this point in the season that came out on the wrong side of it. Utah Utah wasn't one of those. Yeah, some ugly business going on in the Pac-12, and we we can get back to that a little bit later. Oregon, of course, losing tonight to Arizona State and Washington Losing to Colorado, some strange games going on in the Pac-12. And we'll talk about how that influences Utah and the, the overall national picture coming up in the Utah Preview Show. And remember, that's every single Thursday starting at 1 o'clock. Frank Dolce, me, Scotty G, we hang out, we talk all things Utes for two hours right there in the middle of the day. So it's, it's a great time to tune in and get your fill. We'll take a quick break here at the Point After Bar and Grill. We'll come back. We're going to talk about our players of the game. I've got one on defense, and I've got one on offense. We're also going to talk to Frank about Tyler Huntley. Um, I'm going to send a tweet out right now that identifies a little talked about aspect of Tyler Huntley that needs more attention. We'll talk about that. And much more coming up on your Utah Post Game Show at the point after Bar and Grill here in Murray at the Sports Mall. Man, this is a great place. It is a great place. Uh, Frank and I ordered 30 wings. And we... Be, you be honest, Hans Olsen. Your listeners, this is a relationship built on trust and honesty. And you need to be honest. We'll talk about what happened with the okay. wings. All right. Coming up a little bit later on your Utah postgame show. 97.5, 12 into the zone. Zach Moss with 13 rushing touchdowns this year. Instead, this is Keithy. Touchdown, Utah. Coming off the huge game against UCLA, another touchdown. But a sophomore from Katy, Texas, and the Utes have a 6 nothing lead. And it was all downhill from there. Utah with a 6-0 lead, pushed it to 7-0 with the extra point. Simpkins runs one in on a slip screen for 14-0. Zach Moss coming right out of the half 
has a break off the outside of the tackle. He goes for a long touchdown, makes it 21 nothing. Then they use Brent Keithy on a fly sweep, pushes it to 28 nothing, And then they just uh, put in your second string, third string guys, hand it off to TJ Green. He finds the end zone for 35 to nothing. And then, Frank, if you're Coach Whittingham and you're Morgan Scally, are you, are you upset about losing your, your shutout? Do you think that matters to them at all? Because that, that's second and third string guys, you know, you're throwing them in there and you're like, don't you dare give up a score. I think it's. A, I think they'll use it as a great teaching opportunity. Like the culture. So so Utah's worked worked hard this year on building this culture, and and it's a culture of being really stingy on the defensive side, and and so it doesn't matter what if you're first, second, third, fourth guy, whoever you are, then if you want to play. And if you want if you want to contribute, then you're going to have to live up to that culture. And so I think it's going to be you know, as coaches, they'll probably go back and say, well, you know, it's not a big deal. But the teaching opportunity with the with the young younger players is, hey, that's not what we do. That's not who we are. We don't give up scores. I don't care what point of the game it is. If you want to be on the if you want to play. At the University of Utah, and you want to be on the field and you want to be a contributor, then then you're going to have to figure out that we keep people out of the end zone. And does it matter then? Like, does do they care? How much does Morgan Scully care about the shutout? I think because they, I mean I we're here at the, we're here at the point after, and Utah fans cared. Um. If, yeah. I, if I think of it as, as a veteran on that team, like if I'm Lecky or if I'm Bradley or if I'm Terrell Burgess and I'm watching the second and third string guys give up a, a score and ruin my blank. I'm kind of ticked. That's yeah. a, it's no easy task to, throw, to, to pitch a shutout. That's not easy. I mean, that takes a lot of execution, very few mistakes yeah. in a game. Yeah, it does. Oh, no question. You, do you know what I mean? Because they're oh man, shutouts are so difficult. I might have so, had three in my five years in college. They're so a blowout. Is, I mean, a, a shutout kind of win is is difficult. Blowout win, much more attainable. Shutout win, man, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. And so when you put in that effort throughout the 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 course of the game to give that up with a, a couple minutes left, that doesn't feel good. Um. <laughs> okay, so I just sent this tweet, and um, I think that it's kind of a, of an explanation and a description of just how far Andy Ludwig has gone with Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley had four carries in this game. Tyler Huntley's carries have been reduced from 18, 20, what did we see it, all the way up to 24 last year? Carries? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was he was seeing more carries than Zach Moss. Give me a break. That was it was nuts. He had four carries. Four carries tonight. He is kept clean. He is kept upright. He is he is kept in the pocket. And he is pushed to do what he does well, and that's deliver well and sound time passes. So I, I want to emphasize that. Do people understand how significant this is? When you take, okay, Frank, just put yourself in his shoes. You've had games of 20 carries, 24 carries, 18 carries. You're probably averaging in one stretch, you were averaging somewhere close to 18 and a half carries. And this coach comes to you and says, hey, you know what we're going to do? We want you for 12 games. Now, I know he's got the little the nicked-up leg, and I know he's fighting through a little bit of pain, but it's not like that came off a heavy load. It was against Arizona State, wasn't it, that, that he got mm. nicked up? Mm-hmm. It's not like it came against a, a heavy load of carries. It just was a kind of a freak accident. Outside of that, wouldn't you just be elated to be Tyler Huntley, to walk off the field with a big-time win and know, I did it through the air, and I did it with a lot less pain. Or am I overstating? I uh, t- you are tell you, me. Are you not disappointed in his 
effort in the run game? Who? Ty- <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you? Did you like, go to his 1.8 yard per carry yeah. average? Wow, that's rough. <laughs> I'd never run him either. If he's only going to average <laughs> 1.8 yards per carry. Uh-huh. Andy Ludwig's sitting up there like he can't even average two yards a carry. I'm not going to give him the ball. <laughs> so are, are this you is, saying, are, you're, I, so you're I, saying I, Andy isn't using load management. He's actually just realizing. It's, uh, it's a productivity issue. This isn't my best option. That's a product. No, absolutely. If, if, I'm, if I'm Tyler Huntley, then the, the – so that's what, I'm, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying why it's such an enormous step that Tyler Huntley made this year is because for the, his, the, the, the life of his career, he's relied on his athleticism to make plays and to, and to put, his, put his team in, okay. in excellent situations. And, but now he doesn't, he's not required to do that. And because he's not required to do that, his efficiency as a quarterback is off the charts. Okay, here's his here's his carries. Four carries against Arizona, four carries against UCLA, one carry against Cal, four carries against Arizona State was the game that I believe he went out. Three carries against Oregon State, three carries against Northern Illinois, six carries against in, in Idaho State. The the only game he hits even close to double digits is USC. And that was that crazy 18-carry, slip back into my old ways, going right. to put this team on right. my back, yes. and I'm going to win this no matter what. And you just didn't need it. But it's Andy Ludwig, he, he identified it. He said, no, I've got a guy that can deliver. Why would I put him in <laughs> harm's way? Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I think Andy Ludwig is doing. Is uh, and and we it would be interesting to see if this happens, but uh, we we'll, we we could see this roll, roll throughout the rest of the season. So Utah takes on Colorado next week in a game that looks like it 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 aligns well with Utah's strengths, and then should be in the in the Pac-12 championship game uh, against an Oregon team, and then and then we'll see where Utah ends up after that. Rose Bowl, potentially foot, college football playoff, and at that point, I would be—I wouldn't be shocked to see Andy Ludwig unleash Tyler Huntley as a running, as a designed run threat, depending on health, but yeah. as a designed run threat. And the reason I say that is because we have a little bit of history. Br- Brian Johnson went through his senior year. And and with the threat, you know, the concern about him being injured was not necessarily used as a as a running threat, even though he's very athletic. Right. He was more playing from the pocket, throw the ball downfield, dump the ball off. But if you remember Utah versus Alabama, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, here comes the zone read, like the actual zone read out of nowhere, and Brian Johnson completely confuses Alabama's defense because now he's carrying the ball. I could see something like that happen in a penultimate kind of game for Utah. So really that's an insightful take. I think that you are very accurate on that. Thank you, Hans. And I now, are you going to say something really bad about me or something? <laughs> That's how, no. you know, my dad used to handle stuff like that. You know what, Frankie, that was re- I really liked what you did just there. Thanks, Dad. But, <laughs> you know, all the stuff leading uh, up to no. that. Was <laughs> I don't even I didn't even have a negative content, uh, con- uh, comment. Whoa. I, w- I will say, Frank, that you're right, and it's going to come when the Utes need it the most. Yeah. Yeah, he's just it's kind of holding that. It's needed the most. Lud- Ludwig has not shown his entire hand. Now, uh, no, not because he's thinking, well, I'm just going to hold all this back. It's just he's looking at week-to-week game plan saying, what? if I get too creative, people are going to be like, how did Zach Moss get out of that game without 20 carries? He was averaging eight yards a carry. You gave him 15 carries? Shame. He's not going to. Dude, he's not messing with that. 
He's not messing with that. He he knows how to win a game with Zach Moss, and why would he mess with that? Well, until he has to. Here's the other thing that that I think I think this is bigger than people realize. Utah versus Washington. Zach Moss, Savan Ahmed. I think the best two running backs in the in the conference. Zach Moss averages 3.6 yards per carry. That's below his average on the year. I mean, he's averaging about five yards a carry. In that particular game, Washington played well. Zach Moss is averaging 3.6 yards per carry. Andy Ludwig didn't decrease the number of carries or... Or keep the carries the same? No, he was. Pro- Zach Moss was still productive. And what Andy Ludwig did is he increased the number of carries to get Zach Moss the productivity, total productivity that Utah needed in order to control that game and to win that game and to keep Washington off of the field offensively. So he still got his. 100-plus yards in that game, it took him a little bit more. He had more carries. But that was by, that's design. That's, that's Andy Lugwood saying, look, 3.6 yards per carry isn't Zach Moss type of numbers, but that's still productive. That's still a first down every three carries. I'm not going to decrease his workload. I'm going to increase it. Yeah. On the other side, mm-hmm. what did Washington do? Ahmed averaging the same, actually I think he was averaging 3.7 yards per carry, he ends up with 50 yards because Washington panicked. Yeah, they did. They got out of it. They took away a productive part of their game because they thought, well, Utah's just taking away the run. And they took Ahmed out of the game. That's where I think that what coach Ludwig is doing is so brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, th- 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 it's all this stuff we're talking about. Hey, Zach Moss, we need to get Zach Moss needs to carry the ball for 100 yards a game. I mean, when he does that, we win. We win lots of games. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's okay. So, listen to this, Frank. I'm listening. In 2017, in nine games, you know, because of the injury, Tyler Huntley had 143 carries. Carries. It's in in nine games. It's ridiculous. Now, add two more games. So, we're talking, well, one more game. We're talking about 10 games. He's got 60. You you tell me, man, like, proper QB management. Well, well, how are we going to manage this guy? Well, he's a dual threat. Well, yeah, but he's a—he's been injured. So, mm. do we really—is he a dual threat? Because he's not a durable Navy Air Force, you know, joint joint zone wishbone option. He is a long, slender, a little bit fragile, high level, over the top thrower. So let's let's make him that. I would say people relate to animals, right? Here's what I would say about running the running the football. That that that's a that's the the most physical offensive part of the game is running the football. It's physical everywhere on the field. Physical right up front. Physical for your receivers who are blocking downfield and certainly physical for your running back. Zach Moss, I don't know if you've ever stood next to Zach Moss, but he looks like, I mean, the way that he's built, he, he, he's like a rhinoceros. Like, he's built to run the football. He's built to, to take punishment. He's also built to deliver punishment. So when you have a rhinoceros in the backfield, and then you have Tyler Huntley, who I would say is more like a, you know, he's like a, a cheetah. He's like a greyhound. Mm-hmm. He's super athletic. But you're not going to put 
a, a greyhound up against a rhinoceros. It right. just doesn't make sense. Nope. Well, you, you, well, you're just asking to lose him. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the that's the difference. Is supremely talented athletically. So how do we maximize his talent athletically? I'm talking about Tyler Huntley. And keep, keep him, him healthy. healthy. Absolutely. I, I absolutely love it. And I, I think it's a, an undervalued aspect of what Andy Ludwig has done with this offense. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Who should we put the weight on? Oh, the guy that's expected to run the ball, the guy that's built to run the ball, the guy that we recruited to run the ball, the guy that is supposed to run. The, oh, we'll give him the carries. And, Tyler, we're going to ask you to just be a little bit more responsible of getting rid of it, keeping your eyes up, and, mm-hmm. and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a sample size where you go back to him, you're like, see, 18 carries equals one loss. Four carries equals a win. So how are we going to do this? And so it's, it's pretty – it's an intriguing case study just looking at how Ludwig has managed the quarterback. I was yelling at the moon – during the Troy Taylor era saying, please, please stop running him like he is a running back. Stop using him like this. Please. It, you're, you're putting him at risk. If, if I'm Mrs. Huntley, I go to Troy Taylor and I slap him across the face and I say, how dare you put my son was, in so much harm's way? It was. And it was this weird it was this weird thing of it felt like there was this sense on the offensive side in in the game plan and the strategy like hey nope this is my, this is how i'm going to run the offense this is the way the offense is going to work yeah. and i'm not going to you know i'm not going li- <laughs> to i'm gonna, not going to look at the numbers i'm not going to look at the film and i don't know how many times hands we came out of that season those couple seasons like thinking that, like why why does zach why does zach moss not have as many carries yep as as huntley why? Why did do you that remember happen? that? It was it was horrible. Bro, I, do you remember the the bowl game in Dallas? Zach Moss didn't touch the ball for an entire quarter. Yeah, I do remember that actually. I, I do, and I was I was. He didn't I, I was get sitting there one thinking, carry. How is this? How do you manage it this way? Averaging well, well, almost ten yards a in carry. Fact, I think I remember turning and saying, "Is he injured? Yeah, he must be injured to not be on no, the field." Literally, he was averaging almost ten yards. It may have been right on ten yards a carry. He didn't touch the ball for the entirety of a quarter. That's unbelievable. Uh, it, it's kind of funny because Utah fans, I know you're right there with Frank. And I know that you were right there the whole time, saying the exact same thing we're saying. But then everybody stops you like, you don't think Troy Taylor knows better than you? He watches the film. Wait a second, man. I've played, thir- I, I played, I can't remember how many years. I played 22 years of football. I know how you manage a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's, and I know how you divvy up quarterback carries to running back carries. And I just remember thinking, this is so inappropriate. Yeah. It's, it was inappropriate how he was handling it. So I'm glad that, and look, we, we've, I know we've gone absolutely bonkers on, uh, we've gone absolutely bonkers on this, but it's just, it's something that I think both you and I are pretty passionate about. It was just like, management. it was like having, you know, Larry Zonka in the backfield and telling Bob Greasy to take the bulk of the carries. Bob, we you've got to get off the edge. Bob, you've got to pull that ball out of his stomach and get off the edge. Bob's looking at me like, I got a bad hip, man. I, I'm not, I'm not going to make that run. How yeah. many times did we see Huntley pull that thing out of Moss's belly and Moss take a step and look look like, around like look around like what is going on? I'm sorry, I know we're we're, we're be- going off the we're, we're beating going this off, thing up, but it's, it's because of it's because of the. 
uh, the revelation yeah. of the stats and what they're showing, and it's and it's fantastic to see that an offensive coordinator came in and made the change. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. You're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham. We're going to give you some thoughts on the defensive side of the ball because right up until the final couple minutes of this game, it was a shutout. So we'll tell you who played well defensively. You'll, you'll hear from Kyle Whittingham. We'll give you players of the game. That's all coming up next on your Utah Post Game Show live at the point after Bar and Grill right here in the Sports Mall. Mississippi is a quick catch and a quick score. Touchdown, Utah. Hard to believe that's only his first receiving touchdown all year. Welcome back to your Utah Post Game Show at the point after Bar and Grill. Having a blast down here, hanging out with some Utah fans. Kind of a late evening, and uh, guys are starting to wind down a bit, uh, except for one or two guys. That guy's not going to wind down all night. winding up a little bit. That guy's just getting going. Yeah, he is. And by the way, he loves you. Oh, yeah. You know, he's made a statement. I'd like to follow up on something that he said, Hans, about you. Because I think you do something that I wouldn't be able to do. You played a football career at BYU. Yeah. Or yeah. as you say, the BYU. I never say that. You don't? <laughs> no. Oh, maybe that's a lemma. And and I know that's where your loyalties lie. I mean, that, that it's just like me. I played at the University of Utah, so that's where my loyalties lie. I don't think I could do what you do. I couldn't, I don't think I could take on the responsibility of an- covering and analyzing objectively BYU football. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Straight up. Really? It would be very difficult for me to do that. Yeah. Interesting. And the way that you manage it, like, I, f- I almost have a sense like you're kind of a Utah fan. That's the way you manage it. I don't know if that's how you feel about it exactly, but you manage it so well that I think people appreciate it. That's what the guy said over here. He was like, I hate you, but I love you because you were you played for BYU. But the way that you manage Utah football, I think you have a true appreciation for the way Utah is playing right now, and, and, you can, and you're super objective. So simply put, I love good football, and I've had a lot of BYU fans. They're like, man, you've completely given up on BYU, and you've completely turned into a Utah homer. And my answer is always, I love great football. And what have we gotten from the University Mm. of Utah over the years through Pac-12 play, developing these rosters, and now culminating to what we have this year, which is a a, a full-rostered, deep, powerhouse, bullside team with now coordinators that understand it on both sides of the ball. So for me, it's just, it's just fun to talk good, balanced football and to talk football. You know, with BYU, it's tough because we're stuck on the Kalani Sataki contract extension, and we've got Idaho State and UMass in the middle of it. And it's kind of like, I'm not going to talk about bad football. It's that's Idaho State and UMass, and, and it, just, it was kind of rough. Utah just puts up good football. And so I just have fun covering and watching great football. And I, and I get excited about it. You yeah. know? Yes, you do. I get excited about it. You a, little do an, over, a little overly excited sometimes. You, you do a nice job. You do a fantastic job. We'll hear from Kyle Whittingham here in just a minute, but we haven't spent a lot of time talking about the defensive side of the ball for the University of Utah, basically holding this thing as a blank. It should have ended 35 to nothing, but Utah rotated in thirds. Uh, Frank said he saw one four-string guy. So it was really deep defensive guys that they reached down into to put them out on the fourth quarter on that, on that uh, field. To talk about some of the defensive things that you saw, Frank, some of the guys that played well, some of the formations, some of the blitz usages, and your overall feel on that defense. It's it. It's the it's the it's the game plan. It's the strategy. It's the execution. It's the talent on the field. It's just kind of this perfect storm for Utah defensively right now. And and by the way, the the competition that they're playing isn't great still. Yeah. Even 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 with without playing great competition, you know how difficult it is to hold teams 
to less than a touchdown or to a touchdown or less in a football game and 60 minutes of football, that's just, that's hard. That's really difficult to do. You have to expect that, the, that on the offensive side they're going to figure out a way to move the ball downfield once or twice throughout the, throughout the game. And, but, the, but the way that Utah is managing it is it's, it's fun to watch. Like you said, it's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And the rotation of talent at the defensive line, that's one luxury for Utah is that they, they, are, they have a depth, depth yes. of talent at the defensive line. And those guys, they're disruptive yeah. at the line of scrimmage. They don't allow people to get on track. They throw off the timing of plays. And then once you get to that next level, mm-hmm. Francis Bernard and Devin Lloyd, they're not always in the right position, position, but doesn't it feel like they're always in the right position? Yeah, it does. To make a play? It does. And then if, if the quarterback or running back is lucky enough to get through the first and second level of that defensive front seven, then you have guys like... There's some punishers. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Johnson's going to knock, knock the ball away. There's some real punishers. And Julian Blackman's going to come up, and he's going he's gonna to make a hit. And your favorite guy on the defensive side, Terrell Burgess. Yeah. Love he may game. have been the most unsung player on the defensive side coming into this football season. And you would probably rank him in the top five on the defensive side now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Productivity. For sure. Five tackles tonight. Third leading tackler. Coming from the safety position. Yeah. He's always up for run support. He's always in position over the top. Nothing gets behind him. No. You, you look at where Utah ranks in giving up big plays. They're top of the nation. They just yeah. don't give up large chunk plays. And a lot of that has to do with Ty- Terrell Burgess. Yeah. Uh, Francis Bernard, your leading tackler tonight with eight tackles. Bradley and I gets another sack. So I think Bradley and I is two sacks away from breaking the uh, all-time career record. Is that held by Dimmick? It's, it's Hunter Dimmick currently, and I think Bradley is two away. So uh, one away from tying and one away and then two away from breaking if i remember right what did you see i mean cuz this is where you this is where you really break down and analyze a game yeah what did you see on the defensive front what uh, were lane, they lane doing? protections lane protections it, it it really was just it was sound based defense and lane protections even though they didn't start Khalil Tate we haven't really jumped into this mm. they they didn't start Khalil Tate Arizona decided that they were going to come out and they were going to play this game with Grant Gunnell. And then they rotated Khalil in, but I think Khalil's heart's broke and I think his will's broke, and I just think that he's become a broken quarterback and and couldn't get any any heavy production. And um, a lot of that had to do with what Utah's defense. Utah's defense, they can be suffocating. Mm-hmm. They can be aggressive and suffocating at the same time mm-hmm. because when they're rushing lanes, they can actually press linemen back into and, and basically seat offensive linemen into those quarterbacks laps in rushing their lanes not getting out of their lane so they're impressive the way they're able to maintain gap integrity while pushing offensive linemen back and kind of collapsing and shrinking a pocket to make a quarterback feel pressed there were times in football games when on the often like an offensive player i would say there were games that you just felt like, even if a play didn't go the right way, the overall feeling offensively on the day was, oh, even if a play didn't go your way, you were like, oh, we were that, cl- we were so close. Right. We're going to get the next one. Yep. And then you get the next one, and you have a little positive yardage, and then something doesn't go your way, but you're like, whoa, we were so close. It's this feeling of optimism mm-hmm. throughout a game. You know, and the games ebb and flow, but you feel you feel that sometimes. P- playing against Utah defensively feels like: Are we ever going to get positive? I have to work 
so hard to get one positive yard. It's it, you force this extreme effort yeah. out of the offense on every single play. It has to be it saps you. It just takes all of your energy. Yeah, it does. It saps you. It's it's demoralizing. And, right. And there were so many third down stops that they had to get off the field. Uh, I was going to mention three three negatives that I saw from Utah tonight, if, mm-hmm. I, if I could. Sure. Um, three things that I want to see cleaned up. Number one, there was a in the second quarter there was a fourth and one on the Arizona twenty-ish yard line, and it just looked like a broken play. Huntley ended up with it, went to scramble, yeah, and Arizona tackled him behind the line of scrimmage, and they were stopped on the fourth and one. I'd like just a little bit more crisp ready play for a fourth and one because if you're in Oregon or if you're in a big bowl in a, in a clutch game you've got to have something more immediate more powerful or more quick and more productive than that yeah and, and I'll have to go back and see if it was a broken play um, number two Hundley threw a second interception of the season yeah. and I only mentioned that because it's just so rare so rare. and it was a it was a strange mistake you know, he, he had inside coverage on a receiver that was basically you had a defender that was the back baseline. Yeah. You had a defender that was a sideline. Right. And you had the actual defender that was in between or in between the receiver yeah. and the other two yeah. sideline defenders. That's a no-win situation on a deep ball. My only thought on that is this, that Tyler Huntley was expecting that route to bend toward the middle of the field. But because of the defensive coverage, yeah. I can't remember the receiver, the receiver stayed outside. Like, that would be a natural thing to do. Like, if you're the receiver and the defensive back is is a yard or two to inside, your inside. inside I'm going to the back I'm, corner. I'm going to go to the back corner. Yeah. My only thought is because Huntley threw the ball directly to the defender. Yeah. And he just hasn't done that this year. Yep. So that's my only that's my only thought on that is I'm curious about whether or not he thought that the receiver was supposed to bend that back inside. The other one is that's the play that you mentioned. I I'm not sure I've ever seen Utah run that particular play. It seemed to me like that was a new wrinkle for a short yardage play for Utah. And they just didn't execute it yep. very well. Uh, and, and like you said, I'd like to go back and see if that was a broken play as well. But I, I'm just not sure I've ever seen Utah run that particular play. Mm-hmm. And maybe they put it, it was kind of installed this week. Hey, here's a, something, a little wrinkle. And then just didn't execute very well. The last thing that they need to clean up, 11 penalties for 110 yards tonight. An entire football field plus 10 yards worth of penalties tonight. So I'll go back and look at some of the penalties, but that needs to be cleaned up. Kyle Whittingham addressed the media after this game went final. Had some things to say about this big win. If you're just tuning in, Utah beating Arizona 35-7. to Here's what Kyle Whittingham had to say about it. All right, proud of our guys. Came down here and uh, needed to get a win. That's exactly what we did. Uh, played well in all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. We're all solid. Uh, big night out of Zach Moss, 200-plus yards. Tyler Huntley was sharp again. The one interception was a, a route structure issue. It was not a bad throw. It was uh, a misread by a receiver and uh, put the ball right where it should have been, but the route was not where it should have been. So Tyler was nearly flawless again. Uh, defense, outstanding. The ones pitched a shutout. The only touchdown they got was there at the end with the twos. Twos needed work, and so I'm not going to risk the ones in that situation. And we just, you know, it's... Yeah, that's just how it went down. Um, got one more to go now in regular season. Got all our attention turned to Colorado. They're coming to our place, senior night, senior day, whatever the case may be, whenever kickoff is. And uh, this, is, this is a heck of a group of seniors that we got. And, and, and they're, they're, uh, they've meant so much to this program and have done so much for this program. And we're going to miss them, but we still got some time together, which is the positive. We got, uh, you know, a few more games together. We'll see what how it uh, goes down. But but uh, excited about where we're at. You know, we're, we're sitting here ten and one with one regular season game left, like we said, and and uh, 
relatively healthy. So we'll see what happens. Questions? Brian is so dominant in the last seven weeks. He's just been blowing everybody out. Execution and offense. We controlled the ball for almost 40 minutes tonight. So our, de- our defense played 19 snaps in the first half. Ended up playing 52 total. And I think most of that was on that last drive against the twos. But uh, it starts with that, not turning the ball over, possessing the ball on offense, controlling the ball, uh, getting out of drives defensively. The time of possession is not just an offensive stat. It's, it's defense contributes to that as well by winning third down. They were 2 of 12 on third down tonight. So we own third down. And it all starts with the run defense. When you play tough run defense and turn a team one-dimensional, everything becomes much easier. How are you feeling at halftime? Do you dominate the way you did and get 14? Yeah, the scoreboard didn't say much to that effect. We had like 290 to 50 yards, but we only had 14 points. But there's only four possessions we had in the first first quarter in the first half. So we scored on two of them, and then obviously got uh, turned away on that last drive. Would have done it again. Would, you know, from the one yard line with our with as physical as our offensive line is, and with the best running back in the Pac-12, that's a no-brainer. I'd go for that 10 out of 10 times in that circumstance, but didn't work out. Credit Arizona, they, they did a nice job in that goal line play. But uh, yeah, statistically we beat them up pretty good in the first half, but but uh, score-wise it was not uh, not what you'd expect. Well, the first couple drives, obviously, you had a lot of sustained <coughs> drives with a lot of plays and that. In the second half you scored quicker. Is that intentional or is that just how the game just how it, Just how it unfolded and, and uh, Tyler hit some big ones down the field. Brant Keithy was outstanding again. Uh, receivers played well, offensive line played well, so no real plan to do anything different. It's just what the, what was there, what Tyler was seeing. Anybody comment on the you know, Oregon losing and you're not here carrying the Don't team care. It doesn't matter. Year. We got all hands full of Colorado. We're going to try to figure out how to make a first down next week. That's our <laughs> that's our objective. And so whatever else is happening is none of our business. And, and of, not con- no, of no concern of ours. But Colorado did win, so they'll be playing for bowl eligibility, maybe add a little uh, more motivation. Sure, sure could, yeah, absolutely. Yep, we expect their best shot. That's what we, exactly what we expect, and, and we've got to be ready to play, just like every other week. But you guys are making this look easy, but we know it's not. I mean, it's not easy. Never never take board, winning for granted. Don't get bored with winning. Today, yeah. This, it's not easy to it's do it. Pack 12. Any given week, if you're not ready to play, if you're not on your A game, then uh, the Huskies lost tonight, from what I understand. So, yeah. so it's a very balanced conference. And uh, if you're not mentally ready and focused and have done your work Monday through Friday, you, you get a chance to get beat. So, how are your guys able to do this and continue this? Run? They do their work Monday through Friday. That's where it starts. They, there's a great practicing team. They, they watch film, they do all the things that. Whoa, KSL. Sorry, KSL. <laughs> they do all the things that. Uh, you should do to prepare for a game and then of course you know the, the bottom line is making plays on Saturdays there's the case maybe whenever the game is but but uh, and, and they they genuinely this team has a lot of love for each other and that that helps I mean that is definitely a factor and you know they trust each other and they love playing with each other I'm sure it's a, a coaching moment for the you know the younger defense that gave up the, the touchdown what, what do you see from the maybe your more experienced players that will help them in that scenario well it was good for them to get that experience and uh, you know they need that to play. I mean that's why they're twos because they're not quite where they need to be yet, and uh, you know they got uh, about seven minutes worth of work there. But uh, the twos will, you know, the ones will, you know, tutor them and mentor them, and and a lot of those guys are going to be playing for us next year. And so it's good to get those reps rather than worry about preserving a shutout and maybe miss, losing a starter. That doesn't make sense in that situation. So we took Zach Moss out, uh, you know, after the third quarter for the same reason. And Tyler, I think, was the first drive in the fourth quarter, and then he was out. So you can't get too hung up on statistics and, and that type of thing. You just got to do what you need to do to think long-term and big picture. What makes Andy Ludwig such a creative offensive mind? Well, one thing, he's an absolute workaholic. He's in the office from sun up to 11 at night, I and mean, he's, he's, he's studying the opponent, dissecting the opponent, uh, understands all their tendencies, each player's strengths and weaknesses, and then schemes from there to get our guys in the best situations and best, best uh, you know, position to succeed. And he's got a great feel. He's a great game day play caller. He's got a great feel for setting plays up. It's not just a grab bag of plays. It's, there's, there's a method to the madness. And, and setting plays up, maybe it's in the first quarter for a third quarter play, and that's that's he's good. Along those lines, he had the, the Keith, he had the two touchdown runs. It seemed like there was just enough new stuff yep. for game eleven. Exactly, exactly. And there's, you know, the tight end throwback that we had that gave us a first down down there in the, in the deep in the red zone. And he's got, to, you know, when you're around as an offensive coordinator for 25 plus years at this level, you learn some things. And he's he's definitely uh, 
done an outstanding job for us. Keithy, I mean, he's I mean, he's able to make sweet plays. He's able to go downfield. I mean, what what can't Keithy do in your, in your offense? Well, he can do everything we ask him to do, and that's you know, he's he's not a prototypical size for a tight end. He's six two, about two thirty, but he's fast and athletic and quick, and he's got great hand eye coordination, and he's just a football player. He's a throwback. You know, he's just a good old fashioned football player. And he runs. He's very you know he's a he's quick. Can you expound on the time of possession and how it's the offense and defense? But your defense has been fresh all year just because you guys have yep. taken a lot of time off the clock. Twofold because our offense is converting third downs and possessing the football and moving the chains, and our defense is getting off the field. We lead the conference in third down conversion, which if you get out of third downs, you're going to get off the field. So that's right, they're doing their part in that respect. But but uh, we're amongst the nation's leaders possessing the football and. And uh, we're fairly deliberate. You know, we don't think fast pace is in our best interest. We like doing it just how we're doing it right now. Anything you can say about Brian Thompson's injury? No, just it doesn't uh, hopefully appear serious. You know, obviously he had to leave the game tonight, but, but we'll know a lot more tomorrow. And again, you won't know more than Bob. You're undefeated in your 60s. That's right. That's right. Yeah, thank you, PK. You guys. That's, that's good. I'll go home and tell my wife that. Thank you for you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. There you go. There's Scott Whittingham after this game, and you could hear it. It's he's still having some fun in his voice, but at the same time, Frank, it's he's still all business. He, Coach Whittingham is great. He has a great personality. And he he has a good sense of humor. He's a he's a fun guy, but but one of his this the secrets about him is it just his focus on getting the job done. You know that's what that's why he's a great player, and that's why he's been a great coach. His focus to on detail and 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 putting a system and a process in place. And then sticking to the sticking sticking to the process. A lot of times, success isn't about the guy who has the most talent, the guy who has the most natural ability. It's lots of times it's just about the guy that's willing to go to work every single day. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, if there's anything that describes Coach Whittingham. That would be it. Consistency and work. Yep. Yeah. He just, every single day, he goes and puts in the work. Utah gets the win in this one, 35-7. And it was uh, a, more of a beating than I think the score would show. You heard the time of possession. I was really glad to hear that Brian Thompson, it's not serious. I yeah. think Kyle would have said, you know, we've got a season ending if it was a, a ACL or something terrible. Yep. So That's exactly what he would say. So happy to hear that Brian Thompson... It could still be up and running. It was an all-around productive game. Exactly how Utah wanted this thing to go. Controlling clock, keeping the team relatively healthy uh, outside of Brian Thompson. And I think it's another fantastic win. We'll talk more in depth about it throughout the week. Frank, wrap it up for us. Utah just did exactly what they needed to do. I mean, and, and you said it. Maybe you said it best at the beginning of the show. It was kind of boring. Yeah. That's exactly what Utah wants at this point. Yeah. Boring. Just go in, take care of business, mm-hmm. stifle the other team, don't let them get don't don't let them hang around, don't let them think they have a chance. Not needing any last second heroics to N- try to find your way back into it. None of that. None of that. Keep your team healthy and and win a game that you should win the way that you should win it. And Utah just they did it. They just went in there and they took they they did their job. We'll be talking more about this game starting at twelve o'clock noon on Monday with Scotty and I. Frank Dolce joining the guys throughout the week, and then Frank will be back Thursday for the Utah preview show, getting you ready for the final regular season game of the Pac twelve schedule, Utah and Colorado. We'll see if they can put the bow on that game and end the season the way they should end the season. And then we'll let the chips fall the way they're going to fall. 
Oregon coming to the Pac-12 championship game will break all that down. How did the, the losses influence the Pac-12? And much more coming up with Frank Dolce throughout the week here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This has been your Utah postgame show live at the Point After Bar and Grill. Big thank you to the Point After. Man, these guys are awesome. Accommodating, great food, great atmosphere, beautiful screens, the nice TVs, uh, just uh, an overall great football viewing experience. And you'll have to tune in Thursday to hear what happened with the 30 wings between Frank and I. So Thursday, we will have full admissions. Frank and I ordered 30 wings tonight. Yeah, and it was more like a 70-30 no, effort. Don't, don't do that. We'll talk about it Thursday because you and I need to get our numbers straight before we go saying anything to the listeners. That'll come up on Thursday as well and much more. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to Brian Brown back in studio. Thanks to Frank Dolce. Big thank you to Johnny Lightfoot. Always out here doing a great job for us. Fantastic friend and and just a, a great part of the station. So we love having him be a part of this. And everybody else who makes these broadcasts so much fun and enjoyable. And on the mark. We'll see you coming up Monday at noon, 97.5, 12 into the zone in the Zone Sports Network.